After almost 50 years of service, you would expect that the President of the United States of America would want what is best for the American public. So why is it he continues to deny his memory issues, despite the fact we now have a special counsel who has laid it bare for all to see? It's vital at this point in time that the First Lady Jill Biden and the family of Joe Biden do the right thing with the Democratic National Committee and tell Joe Biden, thank you for your service, but it is time to move on to a more qualified candidate. And in 2024, Joe Biden should resign for running for office immediately and set off into the sunset after this term. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden. Let's get emboldened. America Emboldened. I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. Make sure you go over to check out all my colleagues' work at americaoutloud.news, as well as the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, featuring a brand new show called Unleashed, with my good friend Chris Michaels premiering later tonight at 6 p.m. You can download that on all of your favorite app devices, whether that's a iPhone or an Android device, or just go onto the computer and type in America Out Loud News, and you will find the talk radio 24 7, 365 out of the year. What a blast to have that! Well, let's get straight to it. There was a big game yesterday that uh, got played. I really don't care. I don't care who won the game, I don't care who performed, did not perform. I have no interest to talk about. What is the narrative or anything else? Because I'm sure you will be overloaded by plenty of people that actually care. I don't. What I care about is the security of our country. What I care about is having proper measures in place to be well represented in policy, to make sure that we have the best opportunity to move forward together to continue to keep this great nation together going on the right path. I don't feel good, and I have not felt good, about President Biden moving on 2024 and beyond. Let me play you this audio at the top of the show here to talk a little bit about kind of my framework and my messaging. It's not just about whether or not Joe Biden is fit to serve mentally. It's also about what type of marriage does he have? What type of relationship does he have with his family in light of this context? Here it is. Your husband is 81. At the end of a second term, he'd be 86. As his life partner of 46 years, is there a part of you that is worried about his age and health? Can he do it? He can do it. And I see Joe every day. I see him out you know, traveling around this country, I see his vigor, I see his energy, I see his passion every single day. Mm. So to those who say I can't vote for Joe Biden, he's too old. What do you say? 
I say his age is an asset. That is the words of Dr. Jill Biden speaking on MSNBC just a little over a month ago, where she was defending saying, you know, yeah, it's not going to matter. He's still working really hard. He's still out there uh, putting out all this effort and he's nothing to worry about. His age is an asset. Look how wise he is. Well, guess what? There's two things before I get into special counsel hers report. The first thing I'd like to point out is Dr. Biden. If you love your husband the way that I love my wife and my family, then you would not want to cause undue distress or harm to a person's character that has served the country nobly for five decades. This goes back to the 1970s. You would want to make sure that he can bow out in a way that is of the honor that he has given the entire time. Because I will say this, whether you agree with Joe Biden's policies or not, this is a man who has dedicated almost his entire adult life in service of the country as senator, as vice president, and as president. Grabbing his Amtrak train from Wilmington, Delaware, down to Washington, D.C. every single day, and then bringing it back to be with his family. That is not just folklore, that is absolute truth. The guy was dedicated to making it home to his family as well. So here he is now, and you're saying that you would rather he run for a second term for this country, knowing that he may die in office from old age. You would rather that the, the final years of his life work him to the bone until he can no longer work and you put him into a grave. That's what you were saying in the statement to MSNBC. Nobody, I repeat, nobody should need to serve as president of the United States, not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, not anybody else over the age of 80. There is a high chance that you will die in office, very high chance, every year over 80. Hell, really 76 and on, your risk of dying is going up and up. So why is it that these boomers still believe that they are the best thing that they can offer to this country? Why is it that Joe Biden can't get out of his own way right now? Well, it's because obviously Joe Biden isn't making the decisions. Because if he was making the decisions and he truly understood the predicament that he's in, I believe that he would say, you know what? I had a really good first term because he's never going to say that he failed at anything, even though inflation's really high. We're going to give him a pass on all this. We're just going to say what he would say. He's going to say, I had a very good first term. It's time to hand it over to another one of our Democrat leaders here and uh, let them run for president in 2024. I have firm confidence that they can beat Donald Trump, you know, a president that's facing 91 charges, need weaponize every single charge against him in order to be able to uh, put the best foot forward. But that's not what's happening right now. What's happening is you have a family that's abusing their father, abusing their husband, their grandfather, by not saying to him, please stop. There's no need to work yourself to death. And this may be one of the most uh, shocking things that I see out of the whole thing. Forget what her is going to say about the president's mind. Just think about the fact that your family puts you being president for a second term over you spending time with them in your golden years. 
And I mean that with all due respect to the president. And if you, if you feel like I'm playing politics with this, I'm not. Because I mean the same thing with Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump, at his age and where he will be when he gets out of office, I think it's almost damn near abusive to feel like you have to serve a country as president in order for the country to be good. That tells me you have zero faith at all in the youth of this nation, in the other leadership in this nation, in order to follow the Constitution, in order to set a path forward. Which then tells me there's got to be two different, very, very different ideologies of what the direction for the country looks like that these two ideologues are running still in this moment. Now, when they started doing their interviews with Joe Biden, who they refer to as Mr. Biden, because in an official court proceeding, you do not say president, you say Mr. Biden. Same thing that the conservatives were upset about just last week about them calling Mr. Trump in the courtroom when his lawyer had said, well, that's President Biden. And they said, well, in this courtroom, he's Mr. Trump. And he's she was uh, mistaken. In the courts, you are Mr. You are not part of the other uh, part of your title. So in the final document that gets presented on handling of this classified information, the most damning report, and maybe a reason to invoke our constitutional removal, would be that they said that the president could not remember time that he was vice president. He could not remember when his son had passed away. He was missing details of it. And it became clear to special counsel her that Joe Biden was failing in his mental acuity, able to remember into the past and would be seen as somebody of frail old age and with sympathy towards these documents. And therefore, that ultimately led to why he believes it would be unwinnable in front of a jury. Let that settle in for just a few moments. Now, if our president cannot remember details from one of the most important parts of his entire career, being vice president, he cannot remember details about his son, Beau Biden, which he continually says died in Iraq, right? Which he did not. He died of a brain tumor and he does blame the uh, burn pits in Iraq for that. So I do understand that. But if he can't remember these, these basic points, and he has note cards now that are telling him what he has to say, who he needs to speak with, where he needs to stand. He needs somebody to help him off the stage. When he talks, he sounds frail. Even with when Peter Ducey asked him a question later in that night, it sounded like he's like, you know, ah. Uh, I'm just tired, but no, uh, my mind, my mind's bad enough that, that I remembered, uh, I didn't remember not to call on you basically, right? He, he's telling people, yeah, I, I, I'm tired. I look tired. I walk tired, but I'm going to get angry and I'm going to start yelling. You know, who starts getting angry in responses when you call them out about dementia, dementia patients, Dementia patients are not able to tell you that they have a memory problem. And anybody in this entire United States that has ever spoken with anybody in their family that has dementia knows that to be true. 100% that Mr. Biden is not going to be able to uh, state, yeah, I have a problem with my memory. He's going to be in denial all the way through. 
even an Alzheimer's patient, in their final days, they still do not grasp the concept that their brain has completely betrayed them as they don't recognize their own family members. Uh, they're wondering why they're in the nursing home that they're in or in the home care that they're in. They, they don't have any, any way. Now, I don't think Joe Biden is at the final stages of Alzheimer's by any means. I don't think that he needs help getting dressed in the morning, picking out clothes, or else he'd wear the same thing every single day. But I do believe he's at the part where we would ask anybody else in any other job that it's time to retire before there's a lawsuit for malpractice in your business, uh, hurting a client. Now, this is the person that the Democrats, getting to my second point, the Democrats are okay with representing them in the upcoming election. And that's my problem with the Democrats, the voters. Where are you, Democrats, in calling out the fact that Joe Biden, you've seen in front of you getting frail, that you yourself have not called for other representation within the party? It's funny. It's ironic to me. From an outsider standpoint of somebody who's not really supporting either of the political candidates at the present moment, I see people on the left going, how can you guys continue to prop up Donald Trump? He's got 91 charges against him. You guys are morally uh, corrupt. The fact that you would have somebody like him, he's dangerous. And then you have people on the right going, look, Joe Biden, he's definitely uh, failing in health. He doesn't have the energy. He's going to be very old going through. Our candidate has more zeal than he has, seems to have a better memory than he has. and. Uh, then they get into all the other talking points about China and everything else. I'm, I'm not there uh, going into that today. But from an outsider standpoint, I'm going to both of you. Why is it that is your only option? I think for the Trump team, they believe that Donald Trump is their only option because they've bought into this narrative that Donald Trump is the only person looking for their best interest that all the other candidates are sold out to special interest. And they really believe that Donald Trump is the only thing that stands between the globalist and the agenda uh, for keeping our constitution and keeping our country on track. I, that is a firm belief of many Republicans. And, and I understand that to be their belief very well from talking to enough in individuals. The Democrats are like, well, he's doing great. He's bringing common decency to the country. Look, the, the economy is recovering since COVID. Uh, inflation was running away, but the stock market's doing really, really good now. Uh, and we're getting on the right track. Things are going really well. And they're ignoring the fact that he's been confusing his statements constantly. It looks like that there's somebody else pulling the strings behind. It looks like that he himself is failing mentally. Now, that also goes with everything that I've been told here in my home state of Delaware. I've had reports from individuals that have told me that have worked with Joe Biden, that when they are around him, when he's back in Delaware right now, that they are seeing the exact same signs that everybody has stated, that the left has said, oh no, guys, you're just attacking Biden over this. No, we're done at this point with this conversation. It's time we point out term limits. It's time we point out maximum ages that people can serve. 
because it's clear to me and it should be clear to you, the people that are in the Biden family don't truly care for Joe Biden or they believe that Joe Biden is so power hungry that they refuse to help him get out of his own way. I don't know how you guys all can settle that with yourself, but when I read on page 207, I'm going to read this word for word. Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations, both at the time he spoke to Watsoner in 2017, as evidenced by the recorded conversations, and today, as evidenced by his recorded interview with our office. Mr. Biden recorded conversations with Zwanzer from 2017 are often painfully slow, with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. It was 2013. When did I stop being vice president? and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, in 2009. Am I still vice president? He did not remember, even within several years when his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving mem- uh, memo to President Obama. And so they concluded in a case where the government must prove Mr. Biden knew he had possession of classified Afghanistan documents after the vice president and chose to keep them, knowing he was violating the law, we expected that at his trial, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. And that would cause, I'm going to paraphrase, the jurors to be struck with a empathetic view and decide, nope, he couldn't remember, so therefore we cannot convict him. The president of the United States can't recall (laughs) specific details that should have been the most important details of his life. When was he vice president? When did your son die? Now, I know that he knows when his son died. And this, please, I'm trying to deliver this with compassion because I remember when Bo died. Living here in Delaware, it was held at St. Anthony's Church. Uh, which is a very prominent church here in Wilmington, Delaware, in the Little Italy section. We had everything closed off. Uh, I was serving at that time as a youth minister working in the diocese where the funeral was being held. Uh, Barack Obama came in. All the dignitaries were all there. Um, they even had the the lead sinner from, um, the, uh, what's the band called? Uh, Coldplay. Uh, he came in, performed at the funeral. I mean... Yeah, I know that Joe was hurting and will never forget that day. No one forgets the loss of their son. But to not have it within context of when your son died or the context of when you served as a vice president or a context on a debate of something that was important to you or somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, this is 2017. This is not 2024, right? We're talking about 2017. We knew that Biden was slipping. And in fact, that's why many people said when he was running for president back during the 2019 race, people were saying he was running from his basement because they did not want this to get caught up. You might remember they were saying they were calling a lid on the day. 
Joe Biden and why he is still running for the president of the United States of America in 2024, knowing that special counsel has now stated that since 2017, he, he had documents and then forgot about the documents, moved them to his other home. He had conversations that he didn't remember about. He couldn't remember the time period. He was the vice president. He had really loose talk with different people that was recorded, and they would just feel that Joe Biden would not be considered able-minded and therefore could not be considered guilty of taking any of this information. So why is it? that Dr. Jill Biden, why is it the family? Why is it the DNC? Why is all of them are deciding to make sure that Joe is the next presidential candidate? Well, I believe it's because that's not actually what's happening in the background. Yes, I believe the Biden family is trying to maintain power and control, which I think that is elder abuse, but that's another conversation for another day. I think we should just let Joe, Joe go off into the sunset, say thank you, Thank you for your five decades worth of selfless service. Joe, we, we may not have agreed on most issues, really on, on almost any issues, especially the ones that you flip-flopped on that I used to agree with you on and now I don't agree with you, but I can look you uh, in the eyes and I could say to the president, thank you, because I do believe that for the majority of your career, your heart was at least in the right place to want to serve, even if your opinions and the way that they were formulated, I would disagree that we were serving the best interest at all times for the American public and for others. I had some major disagreements with you, but I would thank you because nowadays to serve in this toxic environment, I just... Don't understand why anybody would want to do it, number one. But number two, um, it's a thankless job, and it always has been. It's a, it's a brutal, brutal place. Within all of this, there were reports that came to me literally a year ago that Joe Biden was going to be dropping out of the race. And I had been hearing this chatter, and I, I talked about it on several shows. But then a, uh, a friend of mine uh, shared some information with me, and that's all I'm going to, to, to say, because I want to completely respect everything, but that they had information that aligned with the information that I had, and it came from really prominent people. And if this information's correct, Joe Biden will be out of the race by the end of March. That's, that's if all this is lining up the way that I believe it to be lining up by the end of March, he's gone might be before then, but definitely by the end of March. And that will give them enough time to get the ballot access ready for their convention in August and start planning their path forward. I'm hearing the governor Pritzker is in that conversation with Kamala Harris. Now this was kind of news to me. I wasn't expecting that, but it would make sense if Pritzker was somebody that uh, they were propping up as a presidential candidate, uh, he is somebody who has been the governor of Illinois since 2019. He's also part of a extremely wealthy family, the Pritzker family. They own the uh, Hyatts where people stay. He's young. 
uh, by presidential standards. Uh, He is 59 years old, and he's worth $3.5 billion. This is a guy who is a globalist and likely matches with what the Democrats want for the globalist regime that they've been working their way towards ever since Barack Obama got side railed by Donald Trump. But I believe that you're going to uh, see that this is the, the candidate that comes out either as a vice president with Kamala or as the presidential candidate. Uh, Also, being from Illinois, we have a little story there that ties all the way back to Barack Obama, which I think would be very interesting as well, since many people feel that Barack Obama is still heavily involved. I can tell you who will not be in this conversation from what I'm hearing. Governor Newsom is not in that conversation. Governor Newsom is out for Governor Newsom, but I'm hearing that he does not have the support from other individuals. As well as, I'm hearing that some of your other big favorite names that people like to throw around out there, they're not in this conversation. It's it's squarely in the uh, Pritzker uh, realm that that's where it's going to be. Now, if you're a Donald Trump fan, this part of the show might upset you. I'm, I'm going to tell you, if, if you listen to the show by now, you may disagree with me, but you come to listen because you know that I'm going to bring things to you at a way that I believe is fair and balanced. And that was on display with my conversation with Marissa Hansen just last Friday and Chris Michaels, when I said, you know, I get that you guys have this love affair for Donald Trump, but I don't think it's safe to say that the majority of the country has it. Well, I think what people were celebrating special counsel, her and what his words said, kind of like the, Hey, Biden's not fit to serve. There's also some things that are pretty damning to Donald Trump in what he wrote. And for me to ignore special counsel, her, and the uh, comparison to what Donald Trump did down in Mar-a-Lago with the same type of files uh, or similar files, because they said that some of these were not the same, that Donald Trump actually had more. I think it's important to point out that they said that Mr. Biden had no problem letting them into offices, that they did not catch Mr. Biden in any lies uh, or uh, operations of trying to be deceitful, uh, that he was cooperative, that he did not try to um, mishandle the documents after he was called for to turn them over. In the example of Donald Trump, Donald Trump destroyed files. We know that. Uh, he had one of his, uh, I guess the pool person uh, or assistant, I forget what the guy's name is. I'm not going to look it up either, but you can get this detail yourself, uh, but had ordered them to get rid of some of the files. That's what a guilty person does instead of facing the music. Now, I believe that the right will argue that Trump was doing it for national defense. And I think that that's the wrong way to look at this as, as a overall, if documents belong somewhere, documents should be there. All right. I don't want to hear all this conversation of, you know, the conspiracy side while Donald Trump's still the president. He never stopped being president. Uh, Okay. If there was some weird, odd QAnon thing where that could actually be a reality, I saw president Biden get sworn in. 
Um, and so there's still decorum of things that need to happen. And so therefore, the, the damning evidence here is that Mr. Trump, according to special counsel Her on top of this, broke the law. And he's also stating in here that, yeah, Biden might have broken some laws too, but there's no jury that will convict. But that's not going to be the same type of defense that Donald Trump's going to be able to put up there. So Donald Trump finds himself in a really bad position. And so I want to ask you, my bold American listeners, is there any other candidate outside of Donald Trump that you would trust as a Republican to run for president? Because if I'm going to apply the logic of President Joe Biden and his family and what they're doing right now, I believe I have a duty to equally apply that same logic to Donald Trump and his family, and why is it so important that he becomes president again? I know that some people feel that if Donald Trump becomes president, it's going to be dangerous, that he's going to be a dictator. I, I, I don't personally feel that way, but I do feel like Donald Trump had time and time again poor judgment in who he hired and was out for himself in his long-term business of his family later on. At a net worth of like $2.6 billion, it would be interesting to see him go up against Pritzker, battle of the money, battle of Forbes magazine, so to speak. But I don't think it's what's best for this country at this point in time. The problem is, and I've been saying this, if you listen to the show, I keep telling you, the Republican Party has a true vacuum of leadership, that there is not a unified issue. The Democrats are kicking the Republicans' butt up and down the field. If this was the uh, the big game for Democrats versus Republicans, the Democrats completely own the Republican Party at this point in time. They have taken over the school districts. They uh, have taken over the language. They have inverted meaning. They have won the, the conversation with public health to the point where you can't even call up differential diagnosis without being called a conspiracy theorist. They are winning in all ways, and they're doing so because a lot of the Republicans have become single-minded individuals, stating only Donald Trump can be our hero. It's idol worship. You know, if you go back to the Bible, you, you can see a lot of this too, the golden calf, right? Or uh, getting caught up with money, and then Jesus comes over and throws over the tables. What are you guys doing worshiping this? Well, I'm using this religious imagery on purpose right now because I believe that there is this Christian American exceptionalism that gets tied with Donald Trump that I just don't understand. It's the same thing with Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden used to be like the, the Catholic Democrat, and then he lost that identity here in Wilmington, Delaware. There are priests that were refusing to serve him, the Eucharist. The bishop sent those priests down to the eastern shore of Maryland basically telling them to get with the program that they don't do that. Um, but they were trying to find ways. Could we talk to Joe about his policies and why they're not aligned with his Catholic faith? And then you have Nancy Pelosi, who also claimed to be a Catholic that would go against it. Why is it you feel that you can be a follower of a religion and a politician as well? See, a lot of people said to me, Greg, you know, your libertarian beliefs, they don't align with ever being a Catholic. This is when I was serving as a youth minister. And I used to get offended by that. But now I actually look and I'm like, you're right. Because politics and religion, they're often separate. And they're separate because one can serve only one master. And so I understand that. So I'm just asking you, 
why are you serving Donald Trump? And if that is you, you, those words will make you question today. Why are you serving this guy who's 77 years old? When he takes office, uh, he will be in his first year turning 78. When he leaves office, he'll be 82. Very likely, very likely that he could pass away while in office. Why is that so important to him? Is it really the Save America or is it something more? Well, then you got to look at some of what else is going on. I would be completely remiss if I didn't acknowledge that there was a globalist scheme in the world in order to usurp power from governments and bring it under kind of a one world order, the new world order. The WEF has it right on their webpage. This isn't like conspiracy theory whatsoever. Um, You can look and find out like people like, we just talked about Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who's a Republican in name only, um, but he's a member of the WEF. We've talked before how Elon Musk has used to be a member of the WEF. He's since denounced it. Uh, But you can find all these leaders, all these politicians, they have already taken their oath to the WEF Agenda 2030. And the, the weird thing is, when you bring this up, you get two responses from people. My bold Americans that are kind of more with me ideologically are like, yep, absolutely, Greg, you tell them. It's, we got to educate people about this. And then the people that listen to my show because they're trying to find out what the other side's thinking or they're trying to challenge themselves or maybe they like my approach, they're like, ah, this conspiracy. I would just ask you once again, and I, I think I do this whenever I cover this as a topic on my own. Would you please go to the WEF website? Would you please look at the World Economic Forum's Great Reset? Read what they discussed over the last five years. Go through their mission. I've done episodes on this before. And then ask yourself, can these individuals have all these politicians serving underneath them and then also honoring our Constitution, doing United States first, putting our country before all other issues. Now, maybe at the end of the day, you'll go, well, I'd like to put humanity first. Well, if that's where you are, maybe we can have a conversation about the morality of putting humanity first versus the uh, morality of putting a government that put freedom on the map for many individuals and has been trying to develop that over the years imperfectly, as I'll point out, but has been trying to perfect that system which has not been successful within the Marxist and socialist agendas throughout the rest of the world. That is a failed thing that now people are calling for, which really concerns me. So that's the first reason why maybe Donald Trump represents one side and maybe Joe Biden represents the other side. But I I have struggled with that because I just believe that Joe Biden, I can't believe that he's the person really calling all the shots now. So no matter what, I think the Democrat Party is going to be more aligned. And then the WEF has also gotten a lot of Republicans. And so they're aligned. Which leads me to the final part of this world power in the conversation. You got to look at BRICS. Now, I've done episodes on BRICS before. I've taken a lot of heat on uh, other people's shows. Uh, When I go and I speak about BRICS, uh, Mario Narfall... Uh, who personally, I I don't think anybody should follow his work, but he's got a big voice 
in the world of social media, Elon Musk props him up and he had invited me a number of times. And I was talking about BRICS and this agenda to swap the world's power from the dollar over to the rupee or uh, some other crypto type currency and that Russia and China were going to work together in order to do this, bringing India in. But then I also point all these other countries that were going to happen. I got laughed at. I was, people were like, this is a foolish thing. But then I started paying attention to what's going on in the Ukraine. Start paying attention to the Middle East and listening to the interview that Tucker Carlson did with Vladimir Putin. I want to ask you, out of all the people that Vladimir Putin could have agreed to sit down with, why do you think this ex-KGB, former president, current president, would select Tucker of all people? Remember, he can find anybody that he wants to try to get a message out to America. Why Tucker? Well, I believe it's a couple different reasons, and it goes to this larger part about why Donald Trump and Joe Biden are trying to maintain the power and control. Because Russia is certainly part of a globalist reset. They are certainly participating right now in changing the perception of the world and making it now in their own image during this perception that America is weak, that the dollar has gotten out of control, inflation has gone high. And so they know that the Tucker Carlson crowd will listen. But I also believe they know what I brought up just several weeks ago. Tucker Carlson likely is intelligence controlled. His father was an active member with the CIA, setting up communications back in Cuba. Tucker Carlson himself, I cover this on the show, I told you, he applied to the CIA and the narrative is that he did not get in. Why then was Vladimir Putin's response? Who did Nord Stream? He points at Tucker and says, you, to which he laughs like, ha I didn't do it. And he's like, well, the CIA, this company or didn't say company, this organization that you wanted to be so badly a part of and allegedly you didn't get into. He called Tucker out on the carpet there. And then what did he do? He provided documents right on camera explaining the Espionage Act to him to say, yes, I believe I've selected you because I know that you have a direct tie back to people making decisions which then tells me Donald Trump knows this, Joe Biden knows this, and the rest of the people, they're pretty much small potatoes, unless you're Barack Obama, a former president, or somebody working at one of the alphabet agencies. You understand that right now, there is a war, a very, very broad war going on, which is requiring people to be ideologues, because if they are not, then the future of not just the United States, but world order is at stake. And the, the worst part about this conversation is, I don't know what the right answer is. And I don't think you do either. But I think that that's what it comes down to. And the only way that we might actually get the answer to that is for both Donald Trump and President Joe Biden to say, you know what? It's not me. 2024, it's not me. It needs to be somebody else. Now, for the Republicans, because they're in that vacuum of leadership, 
I cannot support Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley is a war hawk. Nikki Haley will put us in the really bad positioning. And so we're likely screwed at this point in time. Who screwed us? Well, likely social media, likely the divide that got put out there by Facebook and X and Twitter and all the different leaders that were manipulating data, the bots that Russia was purchasing in order to manipulate you, the alphabet agencies hiring outside countries in Europe to manipulate your thoughts and your feelings about what is real news and what's fake news and selling you this narrative that's there. But shame on the families for elder abuse on both sides. I wish uh, Joe Biden if somebody plays you any of my show or, uh, you know, you ever hear of this, which I don't know, as a Delawarean from Delawarean to Delawarean, this message is, is heartfelt into you. So, uh, I'm going to kind of break the analytical side. And I just want to talk to you for a quick moment. President Biden, Greg Bolden here. Uh, my parents thought very highly of you, uh, all throughout your career. My mother used to sing both your praises, your son's praises, Bo Biden, what a great job he did as attorney general. But remembering you back in the 1970s when you were first running with the Senate and uh, she was over at Gilpin and she was volunteering her time uh, to help you out. And throughout the years, uh, they spoke highly of both you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you for the years of service to both Delaware and to the country. I'm respectfully asking you, sir, to enjoy the time that you have left, whether that is 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or five years. No one knows the hour or the time. But enjoy that time now with your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Enjoy that time with the family that you have. On your deathbed, no one gets to take the money with them. No one gets to take their accolades with them. Matter of fact, if you fly off into a rocket and you look back on this earth and you just saw moving dots that look like ants, there's no status to any of those dots. So there's no status on who is present. But what there is, is there's time and memories to be made that get passed on and passed on. You'll always be remembered as a public servant. Now it's time for somebody else to take the helm of the Democrat Party and for voters that start having a voice for which direction this country should be going in, that's not one that's controlled by the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, and you, sir. It's time for youth to step up and say, what does youth want? And so I will be also calling on to uh, former President Donald Trump to also say the exact same thing, sir. From an age standpoint, enjoy. Can you find somebody within your circle that you believe understands what you understand so much passionately, the one to be president about, to finish what you started, and also ask them the same question. Are you marred with controversy? Are you the best person to lead this country forward? If both of you continue the run, you continue the run. I just think it's a mistake for America, and it's going to set us back, and I'm not sure we're ever going to recover after this election. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this election is important. 2024? Who you vote for, it's very important, but it's also important that you have the proper options. And I'm concerned right now, we don't have either. All right, bold Americans, I hope I honored your time well here on this Monday. 
I'll be back uh, on Wednesday speaking with an absolutely juggernaut of a guest, Viva Fry. You're not going to want to miss it. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden. Be bold, America. 